Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. Edmonton was high on my list. Um, they got a lot of skill up front, and I think they have a great future ahead. I still don't have a Stanley Cup, so I think joining this team is pretty exciting. Uh, when I look at the potential that the lineup has, my decision was uh, pretty easy. Obviously, with those high caliber players they have on their roster, and just being in the hockey city, uh, made my decision really easy. This is Ryan Nugent Hopkins. This is Oscar Plus. This is Milan Lucic. This is Cam Talbot. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. This is Oil Country. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digital. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A. Now, Bob Stoffer on the official radio station of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Shed. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket out. That you laughed about Well the names have all changed Since you hung around But those dreams have remained And they've turned around Who'd have thought they'd lead ya Who'd have thought they'd lead ya And welcome everybody, Bob Stauffer with you on Oilers Now, along with Brendan Ulrich. Back in the saddle. Oilers Now, brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. 630 Chad uses Digitex for their copiers and their printers. Their service is excellent. They now sell supplies for all brands of printers at Big Savings, DigitexSupplies.ca. Brendan, how you doing, my man? What's going on? Pretty good, Bob. Nice to see you, of course. It's always nice when you're back. Well, yeah, it's kind of week. By the way, I saw Hugh Porter in Cologne. Oh, did you? I yes. figured you would. Yeah. Yes, and to uh, paraphrase the movie Risky Business, yeah. Oilers Now needs Hugh Porter. That's all I'm going to tell you. So, no, what did he say a, about our deal? Uh, he's he's, he's going to take quiet. us out. Well, he, 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 you know, he, he lost the bet, so uh, you have a uh, date to be named at a, a, a later time where we're going to go out together. But uh, he uh, celebrated a friend's birthday uh, in Cologne. Uh, Alone and I ironically was in the same I'll use the term complex as him so uh, we uh, yeah he had a good time he's uh, he's got some uh, some some friends that like to have a good time let's just put it that way so but does that surprise you knowing you no. a bit no <laughs> not no, at all not at all uh, welcome everybody uh, Brendan thanks a lot for filling in by the way uh, hey I saw on Twitter you're leaving the show I had no idea this was gonna happen yeah, I dropped a bombshell on yeah, you while you were away. Go. I'm sitting there trying to enjoy things on the holiday, <laughs> and there you are. Um, we haven't totally formulated things, so uh, you people are going to hear your voice uh, moving forward, uh, even though you are uh, going into tales from sales. That's going to be your new role. So uh, just remember, as Arthur Miller uh, paraphrased with the character Willie, Mo- uh, Willie Loman in The Death of a Salesman, which is not to say that you're going to die in that role, uh, we are all see. salesmen. Uh, don't ever forget that. Somebody's selling something some way, somewhere. There's lots of uh, people listening to the show right now that, uh, you know, w- whether or not they believe it or not, they are selling themselves on a daily basis. So you're going to be terrific in that job, but we're going to keep you in the mix here, too. I hope you're cool. That is all no, right. I really appreciate that. I'd love to, uh, you know, come on the show whenever and uh, bug you uh, when you're in studio, which isn't very often during the season. But uh, and more importantly.
Certainly, we're going to need you when I'm on the road. Yeah, so. exactly. So, <laughs> let's, let's no, it's the... sad to uh, leave, Bob, and I appreciate everything you've done for me, all the opportunities you've given me on this oh, show. You're so. going to be doing the show for the next yeah, couple of weeks, so. so we're going to do a. We'll save the goodbye. Yeah, for later. exactly. But it'll be you'll have a you'll have a fun uh, time in that transition. Absolutely. So, what was uh, what was over the last week? What were sort of the Oilers got Evan Bouchard signed to a contract? They uh, signed Josh Curry to an NHL deal. What else sort of uh, was out there over the course of the last week? that kind of caught your uh, eye a bit. Well, we had Maroon on the show, and it sounded like he was uh, unhappy with the way free agency went for him. Yeah. Of course, he signed a one-year deal with St. Louis. Uh, I think he wanted a long-term deal somewhere. He basically said he, th- he felt that he earned a long-term deal. And, and didn't no get one it. offered him yeah. one. Yeah, well, you know, and sometimes, you know, it's a, an interesting situation. I mean, I, Patrick Maroon scored 27 goals here a couple of years ago and was uh, – Terrific on a line with Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl, and it's funny, Brendan, when you think about the, uh, uh, going into the start of the 2017-18 regular season. Patrick Maroon, Connor McDavid, and Leon Draisaitl were ranked the number one line in the NHL by TSN, and obviously the Oilers had a uh, poor season. There's we don't sugarcoat things here. It was it was a, a poor underachieving year for the hockey club, and people lost their jobs over it. Uh, we have a whole new uh, assistant coaching staff. Um, I think uh, one that might uh, have a chance to have some real success moving forward. Uh, guys like Maroon and Latestu. Does Mark Latestu have a job yet, by the way? He does not. He's still looking for work. Uh, there's lots of teams. Uh, well, we'll hit on that in a second here. But it is interesting with what occurred with Patrick Maroon. Uh, he's no longer represented by... Uh, Elaine Waugh out of St. Louis, uh, who is a Harvard-educated uh, agent that uh, actually has Latestu, has Chris Russell, has Keegan Lowe, uh, to name a few guys in the Oilers organization. Um, and it's it's kind of interesting to see what ended up transpiring and how the fact that he didn't, at the end of the day, get anything. I mean, let's face it. I guess he turned down more money. Is that correct from the New Jersey Devils? Did he say that specifically in the interview with you, or did he sort of? I might have been on Spit and Chiglets. He said that, but uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think unfortunately for Maroon, his reputation from his days in Anaheim and his inconsistency uh, parlayed into a scenario where general managers just were unwilling to give him term. So he goes to St. Louis on a one-year deal at one point seven million. We'll see how he does. Um, would that preclude him ever from returning to Edmonton? Well, never say never. I mean, Mike Comrie came back to Edmonton. so And it's not like, he, I, I don't think he left here in a, in a bad term or a bad scenario. I just don't think, I think maybe it's reality has kicked in for Patrick Maroon to realize the scenario that he's in. And that's that he's not going to be a guy the teams are going to be willing to give up a lot of term to. Coming up on today's show, uh, we're gonna here's what we're going to do over the course of this week. Um, Monday and Tuesday, we're going to take a trip a bit. It is the summer. We're going to take a trip down uh, memory lane today with Jim Matheson, talk a bit about the WHA days, uh, the early days of the Oilers uh, dynasty, and then move into the here and now with the hockey club, talk a bit about new media and how that works as well. Tomorrow, uh, longtime Edmonton sportscaster guy I grew up listening to, John Short, and we'll get uh, John's thoughts on working for Peter Pocklington. We'll get John's... uh, uh, get him to shed some insight on his love and passion for boxing and for the Detroit Tigers baseball team and uh, and uh, hook up and find out what John's uh, working on today. Wednesday, uh, Brendan is going to be back in the saddle because Mark Spector has his uh, Mark Spector Golf Classic and I'm the driver for somebody uh, in that event. Uh, so I will uh, be... Uh, 
uh, out Thursday. Speck will join us. And Friday, another trip down memory lane. This guy can go all the way back to the Paleozoic era, I believe. Brian Hall will be joining us in studio on Friday. So we're going to shake it up a bit this week. We are in the uh, off-season for hockey. I know that there's a lot of people around the league. Uh, they basically leave from roughly July 10th until August 20th. That's kind of the range of when they're out of town and uh, the opportunity to get uh, some of the managers and coaches and those sort of things and players for that matter. Slim and none. And Slim has left town literally. Here's how you get hold of us. You can reach us on our Oilers Now hotline, 780-496-0063. It's brought to you by the River Cree Resort and Casino. They have the Little River Band uh, coming up August 16th. They've also got Steve Earle and the Dukes, the 30th anniversary of Copperhead Road on September 23rd. You can email us at OilersNow at 630Jet.com. You can text us at 630-630 for Westlock Ford. If you're looking for a new vehicle, go see Paul Olson at Westlock Ford or check out their great selection today at WestlockFord.com. Worth the drive to get your new ride. We are on Twitter, at Oilers Now. You can tweet me, Bob underscore Stoffer. You can tweet Brendan, at Brendan Ulrich. And a reminder, Stoffer Inspector, in the summer, every Thursday, courtesy of our friends at Horse Racing Alberta, live racing on Fridays and Saturday nights at Northlands Park. So, we uh, we, we hit a bit on Maroon. Uh, Bouchard, I know I put a tweet out on that front. And uh, certainly had a sense... That, uh, you know, I think this guy has a tremendous opportunity to make the team from the get go. It's interesting here when you take a look at the Oilers Hockey Club. So let's just, as it stands right now, Edmonton's at what I would consider 13 forward contracts that you can pencil in to start the year here in uh, Edmonton. Connor McDavid with Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Ty Reddy. That's how the team finished the year. I foresee Leon Dreisaitl playing with Milan Lucic and uh, Tobias Reeder to start the season. I believe that Lucic will have greater uh, personal support to help him out at the start of the season. Uh, some people that are important to him um, from a mentorship perspective uh, will be uh, assisting him uh, over the course of the next several months. Ryan Strom with Jujar Karen, Yes, Apoliarby. This is what I would do if I was king for a day. And then Drake Kajula with Kyle Brodziak and Zach Cassian. That would leave Pontus Aberg as a 13th forward. Uh, there was some discussion, hey, with the Oilers, look at the following players, maybe right shot guys, couple out there. Uh, specific Yannick Hansen's name has been brought up. Um, solid uh, possession player. Shooting percentage fell through the the roof last year. Others have suggested Drew Stafford. Uh, on the left side, from guys like Scotty Upshaw and Jason Schmara, veteran players, uh, Lance Boma, a younger player, some have suggested Nick Shore. There is an entire possibility that the Edmonton Oilers may wait and then see what other organizations do come late September in terms of potentially claiming somebody on waivers as a 14th forward. That is an option to the hockey club at this time. If they go with 13 um, forwards, in scenario, there would be one where they could go with eight defensemen. So let's say they go Oscar Clefbaum and Adam Larson, Darnell Nurse, who, no, I'm not worried about the contract at all. We all know it's going to be a bridge deal, likely two years, three to say $3.2 million AAV. Uh, Darnell Nurse with Matthew Benning, Andre Sekra, who's still a bit of a question mark in terms of where he's at health-wise, and Chris Russell, and uh, that would leave Kevin Gravel 
and then the aforementioned Evan Bouchard, who has a team-friendly cap hit in the first year of his deal, and that is an important distinction because it will perhaps provide the Oilers a short-term mechanism to get a look-see for Bouchard for eight or nine games, and that would have Talbot and Koskinen uh, in goal. And uh, in that scenario, if you included the full rookie bonuses for yes, Paul Yarvey and Evan Bouchard, which they would invariably, almost impossibly be able to hit, so it's not going to happen, uh, the Oilers would carry 23 players at roughly $81 million bucks, which would be over the cap, but again, that's factoring in a bonus cushion in the range of about $2.5 million that they're unlikely to hit which would like uh, mean that they'd be closer to $78.5 million on the uh, salary uh, cap. Now, in that scenario that I have provided to you, Kyler Yamamoto would be starting the year in the minors, okay? And the orders would carry 13 forwards, and maybe even Ryan Malone might be an option as a 14th forward. As it stands right now for Bakersfield, um, I still believe the orders are going to end up signing a veteran center at some stage. Uh, maybe they're waiting for the health of somebody out there. Uh, Tyler Benson, Kyler Yamamoto, perhaps on the wings. Uh, Maruti could theoretically play with Gamardella and Cameron Habig. Malone with Russell and Callahan on a veteran line. Josh Curry, who you had on the show last week, Brendan, with uh, VC and Vessel. And then that would leave Larkin as the extra sign forward. So the others would have 13 sign forwards in the minors. Guys like Evan Pillai and uh, Christopher, who went from an NHL deal to an AHL deal, could be some extra forwards. On defense, Caleb Jones, Keegan Lowe, Ryan Stanton, who needs to be better this year, was a, I would suggest, along with Callahan, those two guys were a little bit of a disappointment last year at the American Hockey League level. Stanton with Ethan Bear, and then Lagason with... Uh, uh, day. I, I don't know where we're at with that's one thing I don't know about is Ryan Math. He missed a lot of time last year. There was an eye injury. I'm not sure if he's going to be able to return. The Oilers have would have four goaltenders under contract in the minors. Uh, Montoya, Starrett, Skinner, and Wells. Two of those guys could go to the coast. Uh, they'd have the Person kid, Joel Person, on an NHL deal over in Europe. And in that scenario, to have three players for sure starting the year back in juniors. Uh, Safin, along with Maximov and Samarukov. So that's a rundown of where I theoretically see the team at on July 23rd. It could be completely wrong. I mean, you could have a scenario where Yamamoto makes it out of training camp. Is it out of the realm of possibility that Yesapol Yarvi would start the year in the minors? Could that happen? I would say it's a long shot, but you never know. You never know. If Yamamoto is light years ahead of him, maybe. I mean, there's only a six-month separation in age. We do know that since Keith Gretzky has taken over as scouting, there's been a greater emphasis on hockey sense. Uh, Yamamoto has it. Bouchard has it. I think at this stage of the game, it's fair to assert we're not sure where Paul Yarvey is at in that regards. Uh, he is, to me, the biggest... People go, well, Lucic is a wild card. And, I mean, he's carrying a big ticket, but to me, he's not a wild card. Because he's an established NHL player that had a horrendous last 46 games. But he's not a wild card. He's got to bounce back, get his game back together, and be the guy that he should be. Pulley Arvey, to me, is the biggest wild card on the team. Texas at 630-630. What do you think is the biggest wild card to start the year? For me, it's yes to Pulley Arvey. I don't see... 
Anybody else you could suggest? Is Bouchard a wild card in terms of how close he is to making the team? Is the health of Andre Sacra a wild card? Maybe Koskinen, if he can push Talbot. No, that's, that's a, a wild that, card. That, that, that is a total wild card. Yeah. Nobody, I, I'd be intrigued to know what people think at 6.30, 6.30. Tell us who do you have as the biggest wild card on the team. So that's a rundown, sort of in the makeup of the organization. And I do think that the new coaching staff... I. You know, when you have a couple guys that worked in concert with Todd McClellan in San Jose for a few years, and they come to Edmonton, I, I think that uh, Todd's going to be reinvigorated by this group, right? Like, I think that that's going to help having uh, maybe some different perspectives, like Glenn Gulls. I mean, Glenn Gulson's got a prior relationship, as an example, Zach Cassian. Coached him with the Vancouver uh, Canucks. Zach Cassian, by the way, is a player that needs to be a lot better this year. He didn't do much. Uh, for long stretches of the season last year, so yeah, you can hey, you can make an argument that I mean, other than McDavid, <laughs> you could say the whole team. In Ryan Nugent Hopkins' case, you know what does he do if he plays eighty games and gets seventy of those games playing with McDavid? Drysaddle can he carry a line all season long? Anyways, what is the biggest wild card for me? Paul Yarby's the wild card because I just I don't know. I I know this that you know he he may make. I'm confident in Kyler Yamamoto and Evan Bouchard that they can both process the game at the NHL level, and that is going to be why they're going to be successful in that regard. I think the, the jury's still out on Paul Yarby, and I think that that's a concern moving forward, but it's probably too early to give up on him, and some would say just throw him right in the mix and get him on one of your top two lines. I wouldn't do that. I would have Ryan Strom playing with him from the get Again, Strom, Kara, and Pugliarvi, in my mind, had some success during the middle of the season when they uh, spent some time together, and that's who I'd start the year with. But I'd like to get your thoughts on that here. Uh, and again, you can text us at 630, 630. So there's some uh, things to hit, by the way. France won the World Cup. Congrats to you on that call, Bob. Well, only made it on June the 13th. Yeah. Always bet on talent, right? Mm-hmm. Bet on skill. And the, the scary thing about France is they're just going to get better. Like, they're actually going to have better uh, players moving forward in four years from now. Uh, it's almost impossible to repeat these days as a World Cup champion. Russia did a pretty good job hosting that event. Uh, you, you don't have to like a lot of the politics of Putin. And believe me, he's given you enough reason over the last decade plus to get you to question things. But uh, they did a pretty good job hosting uh, the uh, World Cup. Eskimos. Three and two. They didn't win by twenty, did they? They didn't blow out that the Argos in that return match. No, they won though. They Weather won. was a factor, perhaps, uh, in that game. A uh, lot of drops by uh, the uh, talented receiving core of the Eskimos. So I'm going to say something right now, and it's probably going to rankle uh, the CFL guys out there. Again, you can text us at six thirty, six thirty. There was a trade last night in the Canadian Football League. What do you think of Johnny Manziel going to uh, Montreal? Well, they certainly need a quarterback, and he'll get the opportunity there, so it makes sense. All right. And how will he do? I have no idea. So I'm going to go back a little history lesson here. In the early 1990s, I was a spotter at Eskimo uh, football games uh, for John Sexsmith. And I remember when Doug Flutie came into the CFL. I remember because Bill Comrie owned the BC Lions at that time and actually came into our suite and came in and visited. And, and like, Mike was, oh, geez, Mike would have been, well, I don't even know how old. Uh, let's see, he was 20 and 98, 99, so he would have been like 11 or 12 at that age, and he was with them. And uh, I, I just remember people thinking, ah, Flutie, there's no way. And he turned out to, I think we can make an argument, either Doug Flutie or Warren Moon 
were the two best quarterbacks in CFL history. Okay, I would not bet against Johnny Manziel. Okay, Johnny Manziel, uh, Doug Flutie pulled off uh, one of the you know most might be the most famous player in NCAA uh, most famous play in NCAA college football history on route to winning the Heisman Trophy. Johnny Manziel beat a comparable team on the road, just like Flutie did when Flutie went in when Miami was the powerhouse in NCAA football throughout the late 1980s when they had all those kids out of Dade and places like that, and they played an intimidating brand of football, and Doug Flutie went in there and beat him because he was a special player and he could make plays. And Johnny Manziel walked in Alabama and beat him when they were uh, the defending national champions at that time. And I would I, I know he didn't star in the NFL, but I'm of the volition that uh, he is going to be able to make plays in Canadian football league. Now, I don't know how good the rest of the Alouettes are. Not very good. Not very good. They don't have a, a good receiving core either. They traded one of their best receivers in the deal. And how good is their offensive line? Yeah, not great. Not great, Sorry. right? So I'd be very intrigued to see how Manziel does, but I would not bet against him. And I just think back to Doug Flutie, a smaller guy that could that had a big arm that uh, you know could go out there and make plays all over the field. And Doug was not a success in the National Football League. If you recall, there was a time that Mike Dicka, when he was with the Bears, uh, belittled him on a regular basis. And Flutie established himself as a quarterback and even went back to the National Football League and later beat out Rob Johnson for the starting job for the Bills. So uh, I would not bet against Johnny Manziel. 1226 at Edmonton. You can text us at 630-630. We'll take a one-minute break. Come back with NHL today for our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing, more than just sportswear. When you want to fly your Oilers' colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca. Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB or more, Pro-Am Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a Pro-Am Sports certificate of authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, Pro-Am Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at ProAmSports.ca. That's ProAmSports.ca. All right, let's get to uh, NHL today. It's brought to you by Elite Promotional Marketing, more than just sportswear. Here's Brennan Ulrich. Well, Bob, former Oiler Mike Greer is joining the New Jersey Devils staff as an assistant coach. Uh, so good for uh, Mike. Hopefully we'll get him on the show sometime this week. An arbitrator has awarded uh, Jacob Truba a one-year contract worth $5.5 million. The Jets also signing for Brandon Tanev to a one-year deal with an AAV of $1.15 million. The Wild signing defenseman Matt Dumba to a five-year contract. Average annual value of $6 million over the weekend. Just, do you ever think there's a possibility when you look at uh, Winnipeg? And you look at Air, Air, uh, Colorado, and you look at Edmonton. Oilers have left shot D. Winnipeg needs a left shot D. Kurt Overhart's based in Denver. That's the representative for Jacob Truba. Tyson Berry. Would you trade Tyson Berry for Oscar Kleffbaum? I don't want this written about. I don't. It's not a rumor. It's been discussed before. I'm not sure I would have. I mean, I, I look Bouchard at Bouchard now, I don't know. Right. Does Bouchard change things? 
There we go. 1228 in Edmonton. Is it Eileen Bell? It's Eileen Bell, isn't it? All right, let's get off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. And when we come back, Jim Matheson.